0: In addition, a note on David Tarbett, he had no three stints put in his heart. And after he was dismissed from the hospital, he was told to go home and to rest. And Paula, being a good wife that she is, said she took him home and she took his phone away from him. (laughs) To Christ, be loyal and be true. And he will go with you. The question oftentimes, though, needs to come back, will we go with him? We're always wanting him to go with us. But are we willing to go with him where he leads and what he would have us to do? Why we've been given the the scriptures as that reminded to us of our need to depend and to rest upon God and His Word, to be willing to do the things that He would have us to do. Peter, as he was writing in the second letter that he wrote, and in the first chapter, for this reason, verse 12, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. Yes, I think it's right as long as I'm in this tent to stir you up by reminding you. We know what God wants from us. All of us here this evening have that understanding. But that reminder that needs to come periodically. You already know this. But I want to remind you of these things. need to be careful, again, of wanting to let Christ be true or or us to be true to Him and a willingness to follow His Word. You see it throughout the Scriptures, and again, they're given for our admonition and for our learning that we, through the patience and the comfort of Scriptures, might have hope. And as you look at the accounts given to us in the Old Testament, as well as in the New, prayerfully, that's what we draw from a lot of that is hope for us, but it's also concern of how easy or how quickly we may depart from serving God. We'll be looking in First Kings chapter eighteen. Elijah and his contest with the prophets of Baal, but it's what precedes that that really strikes home at times. We're in the period of the kings, and yet how many times do we read of the rise and the fall of the different kings? Israel made it through three kings before there was a split in the kingdom and go in separate ways. But even Judah, as well as Israel, oftentimes chose not to follow God. To get caught up in the world and things of the world, and so many times the kings would have to be admonished. In your time of distress, why are you looking to earthly people to save you and not to God? We're reaching a period of history where we have King Ahab and Queen Jezebel and the wickedness that they do. It's interesting again as you read and as you observe history, as you observe life, of the perception that we as human beings have. Ahab thought Elijah was the troubler of Israel. And Elijah would remind. Ahab, it's not me, it's you. You're the troubler of Israel. This departing from the faith, this allowing the false prophets to come in and for the people to begin to worship them. It's always interesting when you look at verse 21. And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter or hesitate between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, follow him. But the people answered him not a word. And that's what it boils down into life. Anywhere up and down, at any point in our lives, at any point in what we're discussing, it comes down, who is God? If it is God, then follow Him through His Word. If He's not God, then choose your God and follow Him. But quit hesitating between the two. Quit thinking that you could be pleasing to both. Jesus said, no man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and cleave to the other, or he will despise the one and love the other. Cannot serve God and mammon. That will basically come down to riches. And ultimately, that really goes back to Satan. Two choices, two masters, God or Satan. How long will we hesitate between the two to make the choice? How long will we do as Ahab and others had done? Believing that it's okay to, to mix the two together and to make choices along the way. But the choice has to be made. Follow God or follow Baal. And anywhere in our life, we have to make the same choice in regards to our conduct and in regards to our religion. The sad thing is, most people like to believe that there is a multitude of options from which to choose do not like this one choose this one do not like this one choose this one do not like this one choose that one and down the line it goes they want multiple options given to them but when you break it down again is follow god or not? What is truth? Which one will we follow? Mankind has always, and it seems like it's intensified more in the time frame at which we live, but I know it has for every generation. It's always been interesting to, to talk to our older brothers and sisters in Christ and to ask them what it was like when they were children and how they heard the same statement that the children are hearing today. Your children are spoiled. You really don't know what it was like to live those days before your children came along. Have you heard that? Generation after generation has said the same thing over and over again. I don't know how, you, how this generation is going to make it. You go back to the days of being up before sun rose And going to bed after the sunset, getting up and toiling all day in the fields. And then the next generation comes along and doesn't do that. And then the next generation doesn't know anything about a farm. And it goes on. But we think we have the choices to make. We live in a world, again, which has always been from Satan in the Garden of Eden on down, of trying to make it appear that there are other options that are available. To Adam and Eve, it's okay to eat of the tree. You're not going to die. To Cain, it really doesn't matter what sacrifice you offer as long as you're offering it to God. And why is your countenance fallen, Cain, the Lord would ask If you do what is right, you will be accepted. That has not changed. Man hasn't changed. He's still trying to change, looking for those viable options. The thing in our society today and in the Lord's church is having dual services or alternating services. To have a traditional service And to have a contemporary service. And you get to pick which one you want to go to. Are you going to follow God? Or are you going to follow man? Or Satan? Make the choice. The two options are not there. There is only one truth. And that's the word of God. Jesus in his prayer in John 17, 17, praying to the Father and says, Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. Set them apart in truth. And that is what sets us apart from the world. That is what sets us apart from the religious world. Jesus said in John 14 in verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes unto the Father but through me. There is no other way. There's no other viable options that we get to choose or pick from. But we live in a society today. Do not see as much today as we used to see it years ago. Every once in a while you'll see an old tractor-trailer going down the road and be on the back with the tractor-trailer on the, on the trailer part in the back. Attend the church of your choice. Remember those days? That was the going thing. Attend the church of your choice. I mentioned one time when I was doing a a live radio program on Sunday morning. As I would drive into the radio station, I would hear the guy that was on before me. And then he would hear me going home. And I know he was hearing me going home. He told me he heard me coming in and I know he heard me going home by, by his comments the time unfolded. Because at the end of every one of his programs, he used to say, you go to your church and I will go to my church and we'll be walking the way of the Lord together. Every Sunday morning, he closed his program with that. Over a period of time, I began to hear him say, you go to your church and I go to my church and we'll be walking the way of the Lord together. But you've got to find a church that is following the Bible. Well, where did he pick that up from? Begin to change a little bit more along the way, and then don't know what happened after that. But I'm saying that's our society. You go your way, I'll go my way, and I'll see you when we get to heaven. (coughs) Doesn't matter how you go. Doesn't matter what you do. You hear that? It's from a lot of people as we talk with them. It doesn't matter how you worship God. Just as long as we're worshiping the one true God, that's all that matters. The rest of it really doesn't make any difference. Then why did God give us the Bible? Well, there is no other option along the way. Paul reminds us in Romans 3 and verse 4, "Let God be found true, though every man be found a liar. God will be found true. He is truth. He cannot lie. Hebrews six eighteen. it is impossible for God to lie. Paul told Titus in Titus 1, verse 2, we're promised eternal life from God who cannot lie. Could not be God if he lied. So he cannot lie. So what he says is the way it ought to be. And that question that Elijah asked the people of his day is a haunting question. He's asking God's people, How long are you going to hesitate between two opinions? It's interesting again because then as you go into chapter 19, when Elijah's life is threatened by Jezebel, he flees. And then he has what I've called, and others have called, the Elijah complex. I am the only one who is serving God. You might as well take my life and bring it to an end. (coughs) And God gently reminds him, as he does us, you do not know how to count. I have 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal. You do not know how to count. Has that changed? That's still true today. God has his people. Those who have committed to following the truth and understanding that it is the truth of God's word. We have a choice to accept and to follow truth, God's word, or to follow error. Anything that is contrary to truth. The psalmist reminds us in Psalm 119. In verse 160. The entirety of your word is truth. The entirety. All of God's word. There are those who like part of it. Those who choose other parts of it. I've got a Bible in my library. It's called the Reader's Digest Bible. And it does what Reader's Digest does very well. It takes out all what they consider duplication. Just get down to the very necessities of what you need there. And people along that line, all of God's word is truth. It's given to us for a particular reason. That we through the patience and the comfort of scriptures might have hope. You read about these people and their hesitation. You read about Elijah as you go into chapter 19. You read about the others. You read about their victories. And as you find in chapter 18 with Elijah's victory, when there's a victory, a high point, <laughs> there's a valley coming. You need to be ready for the valley. I'm the only one left of turning its way to God, uh, going to do his will. What way leads to heaven? I heard a religious philosopher spend two and a half hours trying to describe, is there one way to heaven? Spent two and a half hours trying to describe, is there one way to heaven? And his conclusion is there's one way to heaven. One way for you, one way for you, one way for you, and another way for you. Each one gets to choose their own way to go to heaven. Do whatever you want. The only statement he made in that that I agreed with is that when we get to heaven, there'll be no denominations, be no Buddhists, no Muslims. Or anything else to be God's people. Amen to that one. <laughs> do you understand the implication of that? He did not. Very well known in the country. Do we get to choose the way to go to heaven? The scriptures say no. That is not up to us. Proverbs 14.12 says that there's a way that seems right unto a man but the end is the way of death. Jeremiah 10.23 would tell us it's not within man who walks to direct his steps. God directs our steps. There's only been one person who has come from heaven and gone back to heaven that can show us the way to heaven. Everyone else is just speculating. Well, I think this would be okay. We might want to do that. Any of you follow people long enough It's interesting to see the changes that they make. Preachers and writers in the church who have flip-flopped and teach something contrary to the word of God. It's interesting because you can take their earlier work where they were strong in the faith and you can take that work to contradict what they're now saying. Their own words convict them. Jesus reminds us in Matthew 7 and 21, Not everyone everyone who says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord. And again, you talk to people, give them enough time to talk, and they will tell you one thing, and then they'll turn around and deny it in the next breath anyone who calls on the Lord is going to be saved and then you can talk to them and and they'll turn around and tell you, no, that's not true. You ask them. Do you think there are hypocrites out there who would say Lord, Lord just for they wouldn't go to hell? And they say yes. Are they going to heaven or are they going to hell? They're hypocrites, they're going to hell. But you said anyone who said Lord, Lord is going to heaven. What do you do? How long will you halt, or hesitate between two opinions? That's a haunting question. The answer has to be given by each one of us individually. What must I do to be saved? Is there more than one answer to that? God's word is truth. He who believes and is baptized for the remission of his sins to be raised to walk in newness of life. And the Lord will add him to the church. That hasn't changed. Man wants to change it. But indeed, God has not changed it. We have a choice. Obey the gospel. Believe, repent, confess, and be baptized. Or not obey the gospel. 2 Thessalonians 1, 8. Those who do not know God and those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, these will pay the penalty of eternal destruction away from the presence of our Lord. Those are frightening words. Those who do not obey, that includes all. Those who do not know God because they've chosen not to know God, they denied God, so they're not obeying. But those who do not obey the gospel, those who do not obey the totality of the gospel, those who do not obey the following God with all their heart, with all their soul, and with all their might, will pay a penalty. And it is eternal. We don't have that choice to choose along the way. And there's so many other questions that follow along the same lines. Which church is right? And you hear them say it really doesn't matter. Does it make any difference what's the name that you wear? They don't believe that. They really do not. You just take one of your religious neighbors and you call them by the wrong religious affiliation and see what they do. And they tell you, I'm not one of those, I'm one of these. You say, it doesn't matter. There is one body. It's the Lord's body. He is the head. And he built his church this one. And it belongs to him. And he is the savior of that body that will take up to heaven. We have a choice be part of the Lord's church or to reject the Lord in his church and suffer the consequence. How should you live your life? God's way or your way? Always always easy to pick and choose the things we like to do. Picking those things that are harder to do or more difficult. But as we were discussing in the auditorium class this morning, talking about the fruit of the Spirit. It's the the Spirit working in us through His Word that enables, enables us to have those qualities that we need to have. And that's what makes the difference. Live his way to enjoy the, the result of what he has to offer. Either we walk in the light in obedience to his will, or we walk in darkness, disobedience to his will, and then we suffer the consequence. Those of Elijah's day, was given that opportunity in which to make their choice. We're given an opportunity in which to make our choice. Ours is to remember. Again, what the scriptures say. Today, today is the day of salvation. Tomorrow may never be here, but today is here. What will we do with the day that God has given to us? I am resolved. No longer to linger. Charmed by the world's delight. As we sing that song, listen carefully to those words. Again, it is through our singing that we teach and we admonish one another. So we're teaching each other. We're encouraging one another. We're challenging one another. Be resolved no longer to linger, charmed by the world's delight. Make the choice and follow God. If there's a need to make a change in your life, and if we could assist you, if we could help you, then indeed we bid you to come as together we stand and sing.